You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. First and foremost, got to say what's up to Carl Dukes. Thank you so much, Carl, for joining us. You can follow, follow Carl as well at, as he likes to say, put him up, see Dukes. <laughs> that is wherever uh, you have your social media as well, but he's mainly on the Twitter. So, Carl, first and foremost, thank you so much for joining us, man. How you doing on a uh, on a Friday morning? I got to give I gotta give Bo a little crap here because I sent the link to both you guys. At the same time, you were on the same email. And, and Squid Billy, Carl beat you here. And there was a lot of talk, you know, in, in the key studios at 92.9 The Game. There was a lot of talk about who's going to show up, who's not going to show up, who's going to get there first. Squid, Carl beat you here, man. I mean, what's up? Well, honestly, uh, I'll just I'll just come out and say it. Uh, I took my time because I just didn't think – I figured Carl would no-show us like he's done in the past. But, you know, he showed <laughs> up this week, and I'm very proud of him, and I want to give him props. Carl's had go. a really good – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about Carl like he's uh, my student or my kid. Carl's had a very strong week, um, and he is continuing it to, today, and I'm very proud of him. I'm, I'm going to show up today at Twin Peaks and Bucket where we're going to do Deuce and Bell, uh-huh. and I'm going to give him a gold star that he can wear all day long because I'm very proud of my superstar <laughs> uh, host. Um, there's not a week that I don't have an unbelievable week, okay? There's not a year where I don't have an unbelievable year. So I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, I do more before 10 a.m. than most people do all day, all right? So the idea that I was here, that I showed up, that you were doubting me like so many people have, and I'm all of a sudden here on your podcast to talk about the Falcons and how they're going to win against the Chargers this weekend shouldn't surprise anybody. You're looking at the hardest working man in show business right now. I've got a podcast. I've got a national show. I've got Ooh. a show for five hours a day in Ooh. one of the major markets in the world. What are you talking about? You didn't think I'd be here. People on my name. Dylan? Uh, oh, oh, are we going? Okay, Ric Flair. If Uh-oh. you want to go Ooh. there, I will tell you're not the hardest working man in show biz. You're not the hardest working man in Atlanta radio. Uh-oh. I am. Uh-oh. I've got a five-hour radio show I produce. Uh-oh. A podcast I do three days a week. Yeah, a weekend yeah, show. Yeah. A Monday okay. night show after I produce a radio show. A Thursday yeah. night show after I produce the Atlanta Falcons Radio Network. And after all of that, the one, the only, the Mr. Squid Billy is also a brand, an assistant brand manager 
at mm. the top sports radio station in not only the city, but the all of the Southeast. Mm. Who made it that way? Oh, man, we're going back and forth trading blow for blow. Oh, hey, my let's goodness. talk some Falcons. Let's talk some Falcons. It's That's good to right. be here, fellas. You, Seriously. You don't want us yeah. to it's a it's good to be here. It's good to be here. I'm glad I'm here hanging out with you guys. Uh, for real. Listen, this is a big week for the Falcons, man. And I know yes. you guys have been talking about this. I don't know if, if you guys follow this podcast every week. You should because – Every week, something has come up with this Falcon football team that's changed. And you look at it and you go, they don't have a chance or they're going to, something's going to happen. And they just keep grinding. So I'm excited about this weekend, guys. It's it's a big weekend because uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and put it out there. You know, the whole entire NFC South has has a tough matchup this weekend. And this could be one of their week, one of those weekends. It's already happened once this year that if you win, you could see the rest of the NFC South potentially go down because these other teams give you some help. So it's a big week in that way, and it's also just a big week because now you want to you're you're in sole possession of the of first place in the NFC South. Now you want to start and try and give yourself some breathing room, and that starts by getting a win this week and seeing if you get some help. So while we have Carl, oh go ahead. Before go ahead. we go there, I want to ask Carl one thing because Carl, I know um, when we saw this Chargers team being put together in the offseason, mainly on the defensive side, hmm. you know, you looked over and now you've got Joey Bosa, who was already there, but then they add Khalil Mack, they add right. J.C. Jackson to go along with a second-year player and Asante Samuel Jr., who's starting to kind of, you know, fill, fill himself. Then they got Derwin James already back there. And, um, you know, Kenneth Murray, Kyle Van Noy are part of the linebacking crew, along with Drew Tranquil. Um, Morgan Fox has been added to this defensive line. And you look at it, and you're like, holy crap, this defense is going to be out of this world. But J.C. Jackson's now out for the year. Joey Bosa is missing significant time. And, and you go look at these stats, Carl, and they're giving up almost – they're giving up 27 a game, which is second to worst in the entire league. They are the, uh, the worst yards per carry as far as rushing defense in the league, one of the worst rushing defenses overall. Real quick, before we get to matches, and I know Dylan wants to get there, and we don't want to keep you too long, but – are you shocked just how poorly this defense has performed with and without the injuries? No doubt, Bo. Um, everybody's running the football on the Chargers. It's the mm -hmm. one thing they haven't been able to do well, and that's stop the run. So to your point, when you look at this D, just from a name brand standpoint, you kind of, you're kind of shocked. But the reality is, listen, this is the Bucks issue right now. Everybody's gouging Tampa Bay, and everybody wants to talk about Tom Brady and what he's not doing. Tom Brady can still throw the football. They can't stop the run. So Justin Herbert is having an okay year. He's not having a tremendous year. But the fact is their defense has been the issue. And that's why I like the Falcons, by the way, going into Sunday. Because what do the Falcons do best? They run the football. Here's the other side of this, Bo. You mentioned all the injuries on the uh, defensive side. You might be going into a game where Herbert doesn't have uh, Keenan Allen. He doesn't have Mike Williams. He doesn't have Joshua Palmer. All of these guys are questionable. I don't think uh, uh, Allen plays. And so now you're saying, who is he throwing the ball to? This leaves one guy, Austin Eckler. Unless somebody comes out of the you know obscureness of the bench and we don't know about him and has a great game, all of a sudden now there's more pressure on the Chargers and Justin Herbert to deliver, to deliver the football down the field, but also to try to get their run game going. 
I think right now they're very one-dimensional, which has been the problem. And I also think the injuries you talked about on defense, this is just not the dominant defense we thought they'd be. The main issue is because they can't stop the run. That's exactly right, too, Carl. And I, so let's go ahead and, and, and dive into that a little bit more. Like you said, Keenan, Keenan Allen. I mean, the writing's on the wall. He's probably going to miss Sunday. Bo already touched on Bosa going to be out. J.C. Jackson out for the year. So this team is decimated right now with injuries kind of on both sides of the football. So it really only seems like we have to stop Austin Eckler. So my question to you, Carl Dukes, is if you had to give us a key to the game or maybe even the deciding factor, what would that be for you? Um, th this is interesting because, first of all, I think we're getting CP back, uh, Cordero Patterson. And if he is, in, in fact, back on the field, it gives Marcus Mariota another weapon now to deliver the football to. And that is something he desperately needs. He's got Drake London. He's got Kyle Pitts. But this offense, we haven't seen it at its full capacity, guys, since week one. And week one, we didn't even know what this offense was going to look like. We didn't know what it was going to be. So the key is to control possessions, have long drives as the Falcons have, have seen, you know, have, have a tendency to do with the run game. And I think you're going to see a game where the Falcons will score and they'll put some pressure on the Chargers and the Chargers are going to have to try to throw it around and come back. And I think that's where Justin Herbert makes mistakes. Now, the secondary is not 100%. We know that we're missing, you know, obviously our best corner in A.J. Terrell. But I also believe that when you are in the lead like that, okay, which is what I'm predicting, what I'm projecting here, the Falcons being in control, all of a sudden now you can pin your ears back a little bit and go after Herbert. And I think that's what Dean Pease is going to do. And I think it, it's going to force him into a couple of mistakes. Guys, he's a great quarterback. He'll throw it to you, though. He will give you one. And so I think the key is ball control. It's what the Falcons do. Do not go away from what you do in this game because you're playing this big, strong-arm, dynamic quarterback. Control the clock, control drives, score in the red zone, and I really think you put a lot of pressure on the to the Chargers to try to keep up because they just don't have all their weapons. And, and honestly, I thought I loved what you just said about Cordero Patterson. I would argue yeah. with you. You said we haven't seen them at their at their best since Week One. I don't think we've ever seen this offense at full power because when Cordero went out, the emergence of Algier and Huntley came in. And until that point, until Cordero goes out, it's it's basically a one-man show with Algier sprinkled in. But Avery Wims is also. So the one thing that worries me, I, it's a really good point. The one thing that worries me, and I, I say worry, it's a concern, but I, I don't really, you know, you think Arthur knows what he's doing with this. He's shown that, is putting Cordero back into the offense without taking a rhythm and a flow away from Algier and Huntley, two guys who have shown to your point, ball control, they can play that game, but they feed, especially 42, the Duke. That guy feeds off more carries because of the physicality. So I think how Arthur does that is going to be very interesting. And and I love uh, that the Justin Herbert stuff touch on that. Eckler, little banged up now, showed up yep. on the end report late yesterday, randomly. If with with Herbert and one of the things I put he's still he's still suffering from that rib cartilage whatever fracture yeah. whatever it was early in the year he gets the ball out really quick but it, wouldn't you like to see him fill every throw every completion I don't even care if you get him on the ground just make him fill it because boy it takes something out of you when you get hit for four quarters yeah I think that's why Bodine is going to come after him I don't think we'll see as much in the first quarter. But as the game progresses, 
I do think you're going to just see some of that corner stuff that we've seen off the edge. Uh, Maybe, you know, some guys free up uh, in the middle with some stunting. I I I do think this is part of the game plan to what you're talking about because they realize he does get rid of the ball really quickly, but they also realize that his progressions, because he's not got his guys out there, are going to be a little bit slowed down. So now I want to speed you up even more. I don't want you going one, two, three. I need you going one, feeling the pressure, and then feeling like you got to get rid of it. That's why I think Dean Pease is coming after him a little bit more than what we've seen. Let me let me address the Cordero, Cordero Patterson um, comment. I don't think you have to run Cordero Patterson 20 times in this game. Arthur Smith could come in and stick with the formula you're talking about with Algier, who's looked great, and Caleb Huntley. Guys, we're averaging 148 yards without CP on the field, okay? You can still run those two guys and have CP in certain formations and certain sets and use him sparingly. He's coming back, but that doesn't mean you have to give him the ball 25 times. Keep doing what's working and work him in and let teams see him in different places. Because we still have another game with Carolina in this division. We still have another game with Tampa Bay. If you're talking about winning this division, you want teams to go in the second half of the season. What the hell are they doing with Cordell Patterson? Why is he not getting the ball 25 times like he was either last season or maybe even early in the year? Because you can still run the ball effectively with these other guys. Now I've got to count what the hell is he doing in the slot? Why do they have him out in trips? That changes everything. And then if you want to go back to him being just an eye formation and using him as you have, it gives other teams a lot to look at. I don't think he has to touch the ball this weekend 20 times for us to win. I just don't. And, Carl, I want to I want to build upon that point here real quick. So I, I completely agree with you. So do you think that we could potentially see a scenario where maybe Cordell Patterson gets seven, eight carries as a running back, but then we kind of ease him into the game a lot more as a as a wide receiver, like you said, maybe we see him out on trips. Maybe we throw him a wide receiver screen just to kind of get him back in that flow. Do you think we can see him more at the wide receiver spot than more of the running back position this week? Listen, I, I think this is what we know about Arthur Smith now, and I love it. He'll do whatever he needs to do to put somebody in position to be successful. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like he understands for the long-term success, if you're really going to make a playoff run, this guy's got to be healthy he's got to be available and healthy because he adds so much to your offense. So I just think if you told me there were 10 plays for Cordell, Cordell Patterson this weekend, and seven of those were quick hitters, space, make a move, let him work a little bit. I, I think that that wouldn't surprise me at all. If you're telling me they're just going to line up and he's going to touch the ball 20, 20 times in the backfield, I'd be shocked. I just don't think Arthur's going to do that. And you have the flexibility to do some different things with him because the run game is working. If we weren't averaging 148 yards with these two guys and this offensive line without CP the last four weeks, then you bring him back and you're trying to establish the run. We don't have to do that. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a good point. And and look at look at these these deep shots that Demir Bird has been put up for, you know, the last few weeks. I don't know if that's the best thing for the team because we've seen two of the three. Well, all three have ended up in something. One was a touchdown against Cincy, and the other two were interceptions. As much as I love Demir and his speed, I don't know if he's the guy you want to be putting up all these deep shots on because if something goes wrong, he's not a guy that can fight for the ball. We saw those exact deep shots last year go to two guys, Kyle 
or Cordero. Yeah. Like the Saints game where multiple times Arthur put him up and one of the one of them last year in the Saints game won you won you the game. Now you can use that guy as you ease him back in. So maybe a couple of those shots are the deep ball when they want to take because you got to take these shots. Look, these teams are stacking the box. When you see single high safeties, you've got to be able to when need when necessary take a shot against that. At least to keep them put it in their head to keep them honest a little bit. I don't think people are respecting that enough. I'm not sure how healthy Kyle Pitts is to do those because we haven't seen him have those as much. Mm-hmm. He's been since he missed a week. I don't know, um, you know, if Drake London is that guy necessarily speed wise for those. So to me, that's something that Cordero adds, and I agree with you about it, to make a run. You need you need him. I, I just think it makes your receiving core. We've all talked about the running game, and, and you've touched on this now, Carl, about the rece- but I just think it makes your receiving core, your passing game, that much more of a threat. And we've seen that we're starting to loosen the reins a little bit on Marcus. And for the second straight week, we see a more of a, an upper echelon pass rusher come in here. Now, luckily, they've got some good guys up front, but they don't have a, 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 a Derek Brown. Uh, in 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 the uh, the interior, so you know we could see another twenty five pass attempts, but you know that's just my thought because I think Marcus, I think the offense is now going to be opened up even more, especially with Cordero's return. The key guys for the rest of this season, the team has shown it's resilient. It's it's tough. Uh, you run the ball, you can get stops. I know the defense again is banged up, but the key is going to be Marcus's accuracy. To your point about the wide receiving core getting better, that's that's true. But he still has to deliver the ball accurately. And, you know, what I mean is his completion percentage has got to be 67 69%, somewhere in that range. If you're talking about over 65% and you're only throwing it 15 times a game, those numbers don't equal out. As you play better competition, as the second half of the season goes on, teams have figured us out. They know what they want to do against us. They are going to pressure Marcus to deliver. And I think the accuracy comment or the, 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 the dilemma of his accuracy is going to be a conversation in the second half. If he's more accurate, guys, we're going places. It's just that simple. And, you know, there are always a couple of balls. It doesn't matter what quarterback you're talking about. Where a guy throws behind you a little bit and the receiver makes an adjustment. We've got guys that can win 50-50 balls to Bo's point about Cordero Patterson running down the field because he can still run and you trust him to just throw it up. And even if it's not as accurate as you'd like, you know, he can still go make a play. But I don't think you're going to be able to, in the second half of the season here, just say what we've done in the first half is okay. Marcus has got to be better. And when I say that, I'm not talking about this much, guys. I don't know if you can see my – I'm talking about just (laughs) – I'm serious, this much. Because of his escapability, he gives himself more time. He's made smart decisions when he's run. He ran last week for 30 yards and set up the game-winning field goal. He's just got to make sure those throws you need, he's got to hit. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid point. And I think we started to see that, hopefully, hopefully, that progression last week. Because this is the guy that's completing just under 63% all season. And then he has the biggest day all year as far as how many how many throws he attempts and all those things. And he was able to complete 71%. Happened to be two of them were interceptions. But it's a really good point. The accuracy has to come up, and, and hopefully he's finally found that rhythm, that flow, uh, and, and and now 
maybe he's ready to take it to the next level. I'm going to say this, guys, before I leave. And, and yep. again, I appreciate you guys having me on. Love this podcast. You guys do an amazing job. For Falcon fans, Peachtree football, listen, they're talking Falcons football every week, bringing you stuff that you're not going to get anywhere else. So make sure you are here checking this out. But um, I've talked to a couple of guys around the NFL, some some people that I know. And I'm not talking about reporters. I'm saying coaches and people inside you know, the, the business, everybody's respecting the Falcons. Everybody sees the tape and they realize that Arthur Smith has these guys playing really well. It is not the most talented team in the NFL, but when I've talked to a couple of different people from different organizations, guys, the thing they say is they know what they want to do and they're accomplishing it for the most part. Think about how we've lost games. I think there are a lot of teams right now. Think about Tampa Bay. Think about some of the teams that you're going, I thought they were going to be a lot better. Green Bay. They don't know what they want to do right now. You can, you can pinpoint what the issue is. Green Bay can't throw the ball down the field. That's their issue. Tampa can't stop anybody on defense. The fact is, though, the Falcons, the perception around the league is they know what they want to do. That's dangerous. Because once you know what you want to do now, it's all about just staying with it, being consistent, execution. And if you do those things week to week, guys, this division is very winnable. It is. I mean, it's right there for the taking. And, Carl, real quick before we get you out of here again, appreciate the time. One more time, guys, make sure you follow Carl Dukes at Put Him Up, see Dukes on the Twitter machine or whatever social media you have. And also, too, make sure you follow the In the Huddle podcast. Go download that podcast as well. It's Carl Dukes, the man right here. It's uh, Jason LaConforna, and it's Brian Baldinger, and they're giving you first-class NFL analysis so make sure you go check out in the huddle podcast that's wherever you get your podcast as well carl before we let you go i gotta ask you this what's your score prediction i know you said you got the falcons so we know you have the falcons winning what's the score gonna be yeah i think we score over 24 points in this game so i'm gonna go 28 okay i'm gonna Mm -hmm. go 28 23 somewhere around there is what i think the game's gonna be it's a one score game guys it comes down fourth quarter probably um, as, as a lot of these games have, but I have us scoring more than 24, which is why I have us winning this weekend. 28-23 is the final. Falcons move over 500 and are in sole possession of first place with no debating, none of this half-game stuff. They're <laughs> sitting there, and then they head to Carolina on a short week. Carolina is pissed. They thought they should have won that game. So they're going to come in wanting to just blow doors because they feel like they played well enough to win that game. That's not going to be an easy contest on Thursday night. We'll worry about that next week. Falcons win on Sunday. There you go. I love it. Well, Carl, thank you again so much for the time. We appreciate you. Carl Dukes also, first guest ever on Peace Street Football. And that's, what? That's a heck of a way to kick it off, man. Really? You're first ever. You should yeah, be Our producer's on. been slacking. Our producer's been slacking. <laughs> My man, thank you guys. Seriously, bro, we'll kick it this afternoon. Dylan, appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you, brother, man. I will see you next week. Have a great time at uh, uh, Twin Peaks, and we'll catch up with you later, man. I appreciate you. Thanks, Carl. Yes, sir.